Part 1. Foundations. Chapter 1. Give him a whop on the head! Danny Schumann and John Cooper were up to no good. Again. Nine-year-old Owen Sheffield was cornered behind the stable, out of breath, and whimpering in the path of the beating he seemed certain to catch in the form of a whop in the head. To a boy like Owen, frail, timid, and endlessly awkward, a confrontation with two menacing sixteen-year-olds was nothing less than the sign of the apocalypse, the end of the world, the coming of a reign of tyrant gods bent on his destruction. Luckily for Owen, Finn Button was within earshot, and this was just the sort of trouble she hoped for when she crawled out of bed each morning. She peeked around the corner of the stable and her lip curled into a grin. Seventeen years at an orphanage will teach a person either to get along very well with all manner of people or to fight like a heathen. Finn had never been one to get along, so boys like Danny and John taught her how to fight. Even as a small child, Finn was more likely to run with the boys than play dolls with the girls, and she learned all manner of indecent behavior in their company, cussing, for instance, and climbing and spitting, and how to throw her fists and make her punches count. It was just horseplay at first, but eventually there were real fights, usually over disrespect shown to someone's mother. For orphans, the esteem of one's mother was elevated to something approaching sainthood, and the hope of a parent's good intentions was the holiest thing a child could possess. As such, the tainting of it caused all manner of boyish violence. In her younger days, Finn lost her share of fights and slunk around the orphanage with plenty of black eyes, fat lips, and bloodied noses. But she didn't take well to losing, and once it was apparent to her that boys had weight and power as their advantages, she claimed speed and surprise as hers. In time, she learned that whoever threw the first punch usually won the fight, and she hadn't lost one since. The boys learned that getting cross with Finn Button was a sure way to invite a fist in the eye, and by the time she was sixteen, most people avoided her like they would an angry hornet's nest. Danny clenched his fists and squinted his eyes at Owen. What you think, John? Should we beat him, whip him, or pound him? Owen Sheffield opened his mouth to protest his doom but was so alarmed that he failed to form even a comprehensible word and only managed to gurgle. Then he tried to feign his way out of the predicament. He'd heard playing dead was a sure way to escape bear attacks, so he rolled up his eyes, shuddered, and went limp. Danny and John broke into fits and wails of laughter, and it was this laughter that disguised the sound of Finn Button walking up behind them. It was also this laughter that turned Finn's face red with anger and wound her arms tight and ready to throw. The laughter stopped abruptly when she spoke. Well, I got a wop for the both of you, said Finn. Surprise and speed. Before Danny Schumann could turn around to see who was speaking, he had an ear full of knuckle and a gut full of Finn's dirty skint knee. She left him lying in the dirt, sucking for wind, and turned on John Cooper, who quickly appraised the situation and decided that running was his best option. Finn didn't allow it. She shot out her hand and jerked him by the ear so hard she nearly snatched it clean off. Ow, 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 said John as he bent around to follow his ear back toward Finn, and then oof, as she kicked his legs out from under him, and he flopped to the ground next to Danny. After that, the three of them went to yelping, scratching, and biting like dogs in a pit. Owen Sheffield cowered out of the way. At first, he was too afraid to do anything but keep clear and be thankful that Finn had come to his rescue, but soon he gave up his cowering and began to cheer for her. Stick him again, Finn, he shouted, and look out behind! And when he saw that Finn was in danger of letting the boys get the best of her, he jumped in among them 
and latched himself fast to John Cooper's left leg until Finn knocked him cold in the dust and could turn her full attention to putting Danny down. To the smaller children like Owen, Finn was a legendary figure. She was their caretaker, their guardian, their savior. When the young men her age, her friends at play in earlier years, began to speak in deeper voices and fuss about their sprouting beards, she saw she wasn't really one of them, and they shunned her. The girls wanted little to do with Finn either, so stuck between the children and being alone, Finn claimed the younger generation as her flock and would tolerate no mistreatment of them by the likes of Danny Schumann and John Cooper. Once Sister Hilda, the staunch lawkeeper of the orphanage, had detected the outbreak of a fight, she descended on it like a bird of prey. She flew across the courtyard and seized hold of Danny Schumann's arm as it traveled through the air toward Finn's head. Cease! Cease this very moment! Hilda ordered. There was a brief moment of silence in which all the involved parties did, in fact, cease all movement and stood perfectly still in contemplation of one another. But then, as if upon some unseen cue, each of them burst into shouts of accusation and denial. Sister Hilda's nose quivered in anger. Silence! Explain this madness, Danny Schumann! Well, it wasn't my fault, Sister Hilda. She started it, said Danny, pointing at Finn. Finn feigned shock. Well, they was picking on Owen and was going to knot him up. I wasn't going to stand here and just watch, explained Finn. Sister Hilda had scarcely even noticed John lying on the ground. When he groaned and wiped his bloodied nose with the back of his hand, she snapped her fingers and ordered him up. John Cooper, get up from there this instant! She said as if the discovery of a boy awakening in the dirt were a perfectly natural, although unsatisfactory, occurrence. She rounded back on Danny. Do you expect me to believe that Phineas started this fight, Danny Schumann? Finn smiled like an imp. You should be ashamed of yourself. Go get cleaned up. It's nearly time for dinner. But, he protested. Enough! Sister Hilda aimed a bony finger at the dorm and Danny sulked off. You, Miss Button, Hilda considered Finn for a moment in silence, are a shameful and continual disappointment. Is this how a young woman behaves? You're seventeen years old and look at you. You're a monster, you filthy child. Finn bristled and clenched her fists. Sister Hilda knew very well that Finn was no child. She used words like weapons, and always had. Years before, when Sister Hilda first came upon the newborn Phineas Michael Button, she made up her mind that a girl with a man's name wasn't proper, and lopped off the S, leaving naught but Finia behind. She was similarly dismayed when the children shortened Finia to Finn. But despite an unfriendly demeanor and a shrewd tongue, Sister Hilda's nose was her deadliest weapon. Same as the rest of her, it was long, pointed, and gnarled like an old tree, striking out first in one direction, then shifting mid-stride to head in quite another, then finally changing its mind again and heading back the way it had gone to begin with. When she was irritated, it twitched back and forth and turned red. When she was mad, it dove down and depressed her nostrils, making them flare out like crab apples. Children claimed she could even point with it, and the last thing a child wanted was to look up and find Sister Hilda's nose pointing at him. A monster and a filthy child? Not a suitable description as far as Finn was concerned, and yet more accurate than she wanted to admit. The older she got, the clearer it became that she wasn't what people expected of a young woman. Whenever Sister Hilda accused her of not acting her age, she knew exactly what she meant, yet she refused to surrender her own ways to Hilda's all-encompassing authority. In the seventeen years since she was abandoned at the orphan house, Finn had grown into a freckled mess of red hair, spindly limbs, and boyish features. 
and although Sister Carmeline often whispered that her pretty face might lurk beneath the smudges of dirt and tangled hair, Finn didn't care to find out. She was one of the boys, and the sister's insistence that she was nearly a grown woman wasn't about to change that. Hilda scowled down her nose sharply and shooed Finn away in disgust. Get yourself ready for dinner. She turned to appraise Owen Sheffield. Are you hurt, child? No, ma'am. Then what are you waiting for? Go! In defiance of orders to wash up, Finn snuck through the front door of the chapel and climbed the ladder into the bell tower. Bells for calling the Lord's worship were too costly for the small town, and so the tower was empty save for nesting birds, cobwebs, and deep shadowy corners in which to sulk, pout, or hide. Finn considered it her domain. She thought about swatting the dirt off her clothes, but decided against it solely for Sister Hilda's sake, and looked out over the walls. The vast pine and oak forests of southern Georgia spread out around her, broken only by the meandering line of the Savannah River. Somewhere to the east, she imagined the river met the Atlantic, but she'd never been to the sea, and the imagining was all she had. The smell of dinner was on the air, and the sun was setting behind her. The long shadow of the bell tower stretched out across the walls and reached beyond the boundaries of the orphanage. Finn closed her eyes and let part of herself go with it. (laughs) 